0: People that I think would really be a part of the protest are choosing not to because you don't know what's going to happen. I was walking and I saw these protesters, or they were obviously protesters, with posters and with signs, and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me. And the first thing that came to my mind was, are they going to hurt me?
1: Over the last months, protests have been occurring all over the United States. In all 50 states, to be exact. Over the death of George Floyd who was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota during an arrest for allegedly using a counterfeit bill. In 2015, the Washington Post started tracking how many people have been shot and killed by police in the United States. In the past year, it shows that there were 1,025 fatal shootings by a police officer in the U.S. What's even more telling in this tracker is that black Americans are killed by police more than twice as much as white Americans. The link to this tracker is on the description of this episode. It's also clear upon looking at the numbers that fatal shootings have been consistent every year. Some police chiefs have claimed that there have been significant efforts made toward de-escalation training. George Floyd's death, which was captured through a video that made its way all over the world, didn't mark the beginning of something new. Because peaceful and violent Black Lives Matter protests have been occurring since 1919, in what is known as the Red Summer. Those deadly and violent riots led to civil rights organizations, such as the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, to expand its efforts on promoting and fighting for racial justice. The fight has existed for a while now. Not a long enough while, but this year isn't the start of something new. It's a continuation of a constant fight for Black pride and a self-determined demand for justice. Hola, yo soy Andrea Marquez, and this is Latinx, a show brought to you by La Red Hispana for the new generation of Latinx. We want to go beyond listening. We're ready to speak up. So join me in conversation every week as I meet Latinx from all over, the diferentes colores y sabores. As you know, a podcast is a journey, and I would love for you to follow this one. So join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinx and reach out. I'd love to hear from you.
0: My name is Daniela Schwartz. I'm a Mexican-American, and I live in Los Angeles, California.
1: So tell me a little bit about the situation there right now.
0: The word that can best describe it is really there's a tremendous amount of tension. Uh, What happened to George Floyd and his death and how he died was a complete tragedy and an absolute injustice that I think everyone felt something about, regardless of your race your beliefs, your origin, your color. It was just an absolute tragedy. I've gone through days. There have been several days here in in, in Los Angeles where we were really at the center of very violent and very tense rioting. Um, I, I live just south of Beverly Hills, just west of even West Hollywood. And I really, I have to say that there's a, there's a very heavy feeling in the air and there's a tremendous amount of sadness we had the National Guard here stationed. It really just looked like what you would think Armageddon would. Stores are empty. Stores are boarded up. Stores, streets that were like so alive that were full of life. And even in Corona, you saw people walking around with masks, trying to grasp like trying to grasp some sort of normalcy in their um, in their life. I also have to say that like as as a Latina. The Latino community just statistically has been hit disproportionately hard by the coronavirus. We have more sickness and more death in our community than in any other community.
1: The Anti-Racist Research and Policy Center and the COVID Tracking Project created a COVID Racial Tracker. In it, we see the differences between racial or ethnic group infections or deaths. The first number we see on their page is 26,708, which is the number of Black people who have died due to COVID-19. The number is broken down to show that Black people account for 13% of the U.S. population, but 23% of deaths, where race is known. Meaning that African-American deaths from COVID-19 are almost two times more than should be expected based on their share of the population. Latinos and Hispanics make up the greater share of confirmed cases than the percent of the population.
0: I walked down last week. The National Guard was here and I decided to go and take food for them because they really did. Their presence really did alleviate some of the tension, at least made people feel safe. They made me feel safe by having them here. And I wanted to thank them. So I, I cooked some food and I decided to walk down because I figured they're stationed there and I, I didn't have so much to worry about. And as I was walking and I was looking at everything, I really felt like it was a movie. It wasn't real. Can this be, could this be my city? You see people walking around with masks, which is still sort of surreal with the coronavirus, but you used to see things boarded up and you just see sort of people looking at each other with it, with tension. I was walking, And there was a protest that same day because there are protests every single day, massive protests that are so organized. And people that I think would really be a part of the protest are choosing not to because you don't know what's going to happen. I was walking and I saw these protesters who were obviously protesters with posters and with signs. And I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me. And the first thing that came to my mind was, are they going to hurt me? I think it just made the whole mass thing just makes it so much more terrifying and it's all kinds of people, all kinds of ages, all kinds of backgrounds, all types of but you're looking at each other as this sort of like, you know, it's, it turns, it turns so violent and for me, you know, these were no longer peaceful protests and I don't, um, there was a sort of, and not just a loss of legitimacy in my eyes, but there was also this sort of like loss of what are you protesting? What are you fighting for? Because if you can explain to me, these stores were trashed. They were looted um, from everything. And we're talking family, but small little mom and pop family businesses to big, huge companies. But the deed is the same, the, the theft, the crime. You know, if you can explain to me how cleaning out Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and Alexander McQueen is social justice, we can have a conversation.
1: There's a difference between a rioter and a protester. The Oxford Dictionary defines a protest as an organized public demonstration expressing strong objection to an official policy or course of action. It defines riot as a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd or as an uproar. You know,
0: for me, this this city that I love so much, the city that I was that I grew up in, the city that I was born in. To see it just fall to pieces in this way, in such a violent manner, is so heartbreaking. And you see the effects of it. You see the effects. I have friends that I have a friend. He's he has a pharmacy, and it's his family. It's his family's pharmacy, and it was broken into, completely looted, completely trashed we were speaking to a spanish station that was that were covering they were covering the the riots and the looting and we're talking you know a cameraman had to go to the hospital and i'm sure that there were so many people there with the best intentions to keep it peaceful to keep it to really make a statement about the injustice that they saw and the injustice that they felt with the death of george floyd
1: There seems to be a divided opinion on what is needed in order to effectively bring attention to the injustices that African Americans face every day. While the use of extreme violence, looting, burning buildings, and the like are said to be extreme methods that get the message across in the wrong way, there's also a question. If rioting isn't the answer, then what is? Riots aren't new. And, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the number of deadly shootings per year hasn't gone down. So even though riots do change public opinion, there seems to be a missing piece, or several missing pieces. What would you say to somebody who will tell you that there is no other way, that everything else that has been tried has not worked, and that everything has remained the same, and that this at least is staying in the news cycle, putting... Putting the Black Lives Matter movement in the forefront and m- making it impossible for people not to be aware of what's happening, and also in a way inciting fear of whoever doesn't, doesn't take responsibility for all of the actions that have been committed, the wrongful actions that have been committed and have not even been you know, taken into account because George Floyd is one, you know, and, and all of the others are, are one instance. Among many. So, what do you say to somebody who tells you that this is the way?
0: Um, uh, firstly, I say that they're wrong. If you want me to join a cause, if you want anyone to join a cause, it should be because you're right, not because I'm afraid to disagree with you. If someone wants to join the cause because, they're, because they really believe in your purpose, in, in, the, in making a positive change, I'm completely on board, but to but you're changing something completely by saying, um, by you know I have to agree with you because I'm afraid of what you're going to do if I don't.
1: If violence isn't the way, then what is? In 1967, Martin Luther King Jr. said during a speech that a riot is the language of the unheard, but he also asked. What is it that America has failed to hear? He continues by saying that America has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. And we will never solve the problem of racism until there is a recognition of the fact that racism still stands at the center of so much of our nations. And we must see racism for what it is.
0: First of all, the protests are, you know, it's every single color under the rainbow. It's black, white, brown beige, yellow, whatever color across the sun, whatever color under the sun, you see a presence at the protest, which I think is a a huge statement to be making. Um, But in terms of this, in terms of this systematic, I mean, this is also the country that elected a Black man to the highest office in the world twice. I believe it's at the Museum of the Holocaust, there are two doors, um, let me, I need to look this up, but there are two doors that you can walk, that a person can walk through. And one of them, I think, I don't know if it says like racist, non-racist or prejudice and non-prejudice, but basically everyone has to walk through the prejudice, racist door. You're not able to walk through the non-prejudice, you're not able to walk through the, and it doesn't matter who you are,
1: what, like you're not, everyone has to goes through It's the Museum of Tolerance in LA, and the doors are marked as prejudiced and unprejudiced. Its purpose is to remind us that the fight against racism is not over, and the higher demands for justice begin by asking ourselves questions, educating ourselves, and really understanding what this is all about. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure to support your communities. It doesn't matter what you choose to advocate for. Just go out there and help. Connect and inspire others to do the same. Join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Latinx. Reach out and let me know what's important to you. I'd love to hear what you have to say.